So in today's episode of the podcast, we are doing a little Q&A. We cover everything from relationships, coconut oil, habits, birth control, energy, so many other things in between as well. So it's a juicy one, something for everyone for sure. And we talk on lots of different things, everything from nutrition to spiritual to, you know, just life stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the Live Well podcast. This podcast is designed to help you live well, body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Liv, a natural health and wellness expert, and each week you will walk away with the insights, tools, and tips to truly live your best life. If you are looking to live well, you are in the right place. A new episode starts now. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Live Well podcast. Today, I thought it would be great to do a Q&A. I asked if you guys had any questions over on Instagram and you guys left a bunch. Um, we really hit on like so many different things, which I like because we'll cover kind of like all of the topics. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So the first one was, how did I afford to live in Toronto and go to medical school? And the answer is very quite simple. I have a professional line of credit. Normally, when you do something like medical school, um, the bank will give you a professional line of credit in order to do so. So, and I also worked during, you know, medical school as well. I still, you know, did my videos and did everything like that. So I worked and there's also a professional line of credit. The next question was, what is my opinion on erythritol? So erythritol and like xylitol, those are both sugar alcohols. And well, there's also malitol and sorbitol, but like xylitol and erythritol are normally the most common. And the ones like if I had to choose to consume, I would out of these sugar alcohols. Now, sugar alcohols are natural, even though they kind of sound like they're an alcohol. They're non-alcoholic, obviously. And they're basically made via the fermentation of gluten-free grains like corn. So the issue with sugar alcohols is that it can give a lot of people like digestive distress in terms of like cramping and bloating, though technically it's pretty safe to consume. The danger is, though, is that they're normally packed in a lot of like packaged and processed foods. So I wouldn't like recommend consuming them in excess or like, you know, consuming them in lots of packaged and processed foods. I always advocate for like, you know, 90% of your diet should not be that. And another issue is that a lot of people turn to sugar alcohols as like a calorie free way to sugar, like satisfy that sweet tooth. But again, it's not going to fully satisfy that sweet tooth because they're going to make you crave more sugar. And it's not going to break that kind of like chemical addiction you have to sugar if you simply switch like regular sugar for a sugar alcohol. So you definitely need to cut sugar first. And I wouldn't just directly switch if that's what you're doing. I would be like, 100% no, don't use erythritol if you're just using it as like a calorie-free way to still have something sweet. Break your sugar addiction first and then use that kind of sparingly. So definitely don't use it in excess. And if you need help killing sugar, I do have my killing sugar like ebook that I will leave in the description box below. If you struggle with cravings, that's a great place to start when it comes to cutting sugar understanding like you know why exactly the brain is so addicted to sugar why it's eight times more addictive than cocaine and so that will help you wait where to start so that you're not craving sugar as much but yeah in terms of erythritol i wouldn't like consume it in excess what is my current favorite meal well this is really to be honest this is hard even if i were to choose like one like breakfast option and one like main meal lunch dinner option I will say, okay, I'm going to name two because they're two of my favorites. They were in my like healthy comfort food video and it's eggplant parm, which is like fully grain free, dairy free. It's made with a 
like a really creamy homemade cashew ricotta and it's so good and then the other one is like this creamy mushroom risotto that's made with cauliflower rice it is you know grain free gluten free dairy free but tastes so decadent I even put like a little bit of truffle oil in there and it tastes so incredible it tastes like you're at like a fancy restaurant but it's good for you it's nourishing you have that comfort food feeling but it's all made with good ingredients so those are I think would be like my top two right now How do you boost low energy? This is a really great question, but the answer really comes down to what is the root cause of your low energy? Are you having low energy because you're eating lots of carbs and sugar? Are you having low energy because you're not sleeping properly, in which case we need to work on your sleep? Are you having low energy because your adrenals are burnt out, because you're not nurturing yourself, because you're overworking and you need to take time to rest and slow down? So I would say like no matter what, you are never going to solve the problem unless you get to the root cause. So if you want to get to the root cause, just DM me on Instagram and I might have a opening for a client if you want to work on your energy levels. But in terms of boosting energy, you need to start with the basics. You need to sleep enough. You need to not overwork yourself. You need to eat right. You know, eat lots of non-starchy veggies, protein and healthy fats. Stay away from pasta, crackers, high carb, high sugar things, copious amounts of like bananas and mangoes. Stay away from all of that because that's going to crash your energy. You know, are you, are your hormones balanced? Do you have like a regular cycle or are you having PMS, which is giving you low energy because your hormones aren't balanced? You know, all that kind of stuff is going to help with your energy levels. But in terms of like boosting it, you know, matcha. Matcha is a great thing to boost energy. It has L-theanine, which kind of gives you a calm focus. It also has lots of antioxidants. So that's going to help. Um, There's also adaptogens. Adaptogens are really great at boosting your energy. But the thing about adaptogens is that you can't really self-prescribe adaptogens because certain adaptogens raise cortisol and certain adaptogens lower cortisol. And, you know, you might think that you're high cortisol, so you're low energy. But if you've been high cortisol for a long time, you can actually switch to low energy, like low cortisol, sorry. And then you're going to need to boost the cortisol in order to get more energy. So it really depends on the person and you're going to need to work with a professional so that they can determine is your low energy low cortisol or is your low energy high cortisol and you're burned out because it could be either of the two. And that's why if you self-prescribe a lot of adaptogens and you self-prescribe one that isn't right for you, you can end up A, not feeling any better or be actually feeling more tired. The next question is, where do I see myself in 10 years? And I, this is honestly like such a hard question because I feel like, I feel like I don't know, like five years, I could probably tell you 10 years. That would make me 38. Wow. That feels like a long time away. That would make me 38. I mean, I definitely see myself, you know, like having a, owning a house by then having kids, having a partner. Um, but I feel like that's very like basic stuff. Like it's nothing like super, super extravagant. Like I see like hopefully like the well-nourished community has by then grown. Um, I'm hoping to at least have like a book by then, you know, I'm hoping to grow this podcast. I'm hoping to like, you know, do all those types of things, have products, but I don't know necessarily the, the details of what that product is going to be. I don't know for sure what that book is going to be yet, but I can kind of feel and see into the future and see that those things like are in my timeline and that is what's going to happen. I just don't know for sure where that looks like. I don't even know necessarily where I'd be living in 10 years. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like downtown Toronto, but again, like it's hard it's hard to see and I also don't like to necessarily like attach too much to a certain vision because I 
also may not be necessarily what's in my highest good. So I like to always leave room to allow what is meant for me to come into my life, to kind of have a loose idea, loose goals of like, this is what I want to achieve. This is where I want to get to. But like how it comes into my life, I'm not sure. Like, yes, I want like a nice house where that is. Not sure, you know. Yes, I want kids. Are they going to be five years old at that time? They can be one years old. I'm not sure. Two years old. Do you know what I mean? So I really like to like keep that loose. Like obviously I want my business to grow. I want to continue to show people, you know, healthy food is delicious. Nourish your bodies. Don't under eat. You don't have to PMS. Everything like that. So I see myself, you know, definitely continue to help people and like help help more and more people. But being able to do that on probably a larger or more grander scale at a time is definitely what I see in 10 years. I still love my one-on-ones and I'll still probably have my one-on-one clients, but the for me, the more people I can reach, the better. So like growing this podcast, growing my YouTube, growing my presence, everything like that, um, because the more impact and the more people I can help, then well, then the more people I can help. So I hope that answered your question. It's kind of like loosey-goosey, but to be honest, that's kind of like my answer. The next question was protein combo for vegetarians. So when it comes to protein, especially for vegetarians, you need to make sure you're getting all nine of your essential amino acids. Now, these are normally found in things like meat, which makes it like a lot easier. Um, But in terms of like vegetarian options that have all nine essential amino acids, which you need as building blocks in your body, there are a few. So that includes eggs, uh, quinoa, buckwheat, hemp seeds, chia seeds and spirulina so if you are a vegetarian you want to be having lots of those specifically because those have all nine essential amino acids the other ones don't necessarily so nuts and seeds they have protein but they don't have all the essential amino acids and the all the building blocks that you would need so i would focus on the list that i just said there if you are vegetarian in terms of like making sure that you get all nine of your essential amino acids The next question is, how do I make things good and wonderful? Uh, I'm not sure whether this was like in terms of like food or whether in terms of life. So I'm going to answer it from both perspectives. So in terms of how do I make things good and wonderful in terms of healthy recipes, um, I would say just like start experimenting with like the flavors that you like, the tastes that you like, and just make things like just make swaps and things you like really enjoy. So for example, the risotto, I just swapped like normal rice for cauliflower rice and there you go, it's healthy. And you can make things that are good and wonderful that way just by making healthy swaps. Now, in terms of making things good and wonderful in terms of like life and like abundance, I would say you have to start with gratitude. Like gratitude is huge. It's only that like, it's only when we're grateful that we're actually able to like bring more abundance and bring more magic into our life. Because when you're grateful and you're operating at the frequency of gratitude, then it brings more things to you within that frequency. If you're not in that frequency, the universe can't bring more for you and more to you. So how I make things good is by always trying to live with like an open heart, live with gratitude, appreciate where I'm at, appreciate the things and be grateful for them. And like, not only like say I'm grateful for, but like actually truly feeling it in my heart, like drop into your heart and actually feel the emotion and feel the gratitude for those things. Like allow it to like fill you up from your toes to the top of your head, allow it to fill every cell of your body and do it that way. And when you operate from that frequency and you operate that way throughout your day, I promise you like it is a game changer. And like when I do that and there are days when I do that the most is when I actually like bring more abundance in. And obviously it's natural. Like everyone has off days. There are going to be times where you kind of dip into that and that's okay. But it's also about like 
always finding those little things, you know, starting your day off with three things you're grateful for. It sounds basic, but like it has been like shown in studies to like dramatically affect your life. So I would start there. The next question is, is it normal to gain a pound here and there? The answer to this is that you can fluctuate a pound just throughout the day, whether like how much food you've eaten, how much water you've drank, and whether you've had a bowel movement or not. So like in terms of like gaining a pound, you don't even know if you've gained a pound or whether it's just like the fact that you're constipated, you know, you just ate some food and you had some water. So like in terms of a pound, A, I don't recommend weighing yourself, but B, a pound here and there, you can fluctuate up to three pounds during the day. So definitely like don't like if you found yourself gaining a pound, it could just be like water, food, and bowel movement in there. The next question is how often do I work out? I would say like I move every day. Like I don't necessarily do a hard like Pilates workout every single day, but I make sure to move every single day. Maybe there might be once in a while where there's like a day where I don't go for a walk or I don't move, but like basically every single day I move, whether it's walking, whether it's a Pilates workout, whether it's stretching, whether, you know, it's usually one of those three. Um, That was like how often I work out. And in terms of workouts I do, I walk and I do Pilates, especially for the last like, I guess like five, six months since like spin clo- studios have been closed. Um, I haven't been spinning. So I literally just walk and do Pilates, like low intensity stuff. It's amazing. But I do make sure to basically move my body every single day because honestly, it just feels better to move your body every single day. The next question is, what are the top three habits that changed my life? And what I will say this just reminded me, meditation is number one. And if you haven't heard that I'm hosting a meditation challenge, I am hosting a meditation challenge. It starts October 19th, which is like next Monday. So you, you still have time to join after you hear this. And meditating will honestly like change your life. If I could name one thing that will change your life, let alone one thing you can do that is absolutely free and you need to start doing is meditation. Meditation not only helps you feel happier, but it helps your immune system. It helps your digestion. It helps, you know, your mood. It helps your sleep. It helps so, so much. So I would say like meditating every day, number one, top habit that you need to do that will change your life. So I'm going to leave the link in the description box to join the 21 day meditation challenge. When you join, we're going to be doing, like I said, every day for 21 days to make it a habit. You're also going to be getting like meditation tracks from me. You're going to be getting tips. Um, There's going to be like private live meditations that are not on my Instagram. They're going to be held privately through Zoom with me um, that are going to be really amazing. So I would highly recommend, you know, if you want to get into meditation and you've been struggling in the past, let me help you kind of make it a habit because that would be like the number one thing. Like if I could get everyone who listens to my podcast or everyone who watches my content meditating, like I will be happy. Um, Meditation is huge. So I would definitely say like start there. The number two habit that's changed my life is actually focusing on nutrients and not calories. So I was definitely the person, you know, who used to count calories. And if you haven't listened to my not all calories are created equal episode, definitely go back and listen to that one. So understand kind of like how calories don't really matter. So you can't really abide by that. But honestly, like it changed my life because I wasn't measuring everything. There wasn't as much stress. And like, I just, it was more chill and relaxed, but I also like 
am so much more like I'm still quite as fit like I'm still you know long and lean and all of that but like I don't have to overthink things I don't have to count I just focus on like whole foods and nourishing things and like the stress of that also helps but also like I still like kind of like I'm not as puffy I look better and I'm all that so like learning to nourish your body and like stop with the calorie counting will change your life and if you need help doing this this is what we do in well nourished it's closed right now but i will be opening up the wait list soon for 2021 so you can get on that shoot me a dm if you want to get on the wait list but that i would say is like habit number two to cut is like stop with the calorie counting and then habit number three that i would say that changed my life is working on the emotional health so you can do all the right things you like diet yes is super important and you need to balance your hormones and like make sure you take the supplements that are going to do that and eat properly but if you don't take care of your emotional health there's always going to be that puzzle piece missing there's always going to be something that is like left in terms of like why your physical symptoms are still there so if you feel like you're doing like all the right things when it comes to like you know diet and nutrition and supplements but your digestion is still off then or your gut health is still off and you're still bloated or your mood is still off then there's probably an emotional component that you need to work on and so I find that like working on your emotional health properly digesting emotions working through that doing the shadow work and doing all that kind of stuff is huge when it comes to your health you can't just like eat all the kale or try to out supplement something that has an emotional or energetic root so working on that making a habit of like not only tending to your emotional health but also like the physical health and eating all that makes you have better health in a well-rounded way and that's why like in my one-on-ones that's what i do like yes we work on nutrition and you know i give you the supplements to balance your hormones and everything like that but we also do some of like the deep emotional stuff for example like one of my clients you know had tmj and we like tmj is tied to anger once we released her anger now she no longer has tmj One of my other clients, you know, has headaches. Headaches is tied to a lot of self-criticism. When we worked on her self-criticism, her headaches, you know, go away. And so you can see that like, yes, we need to make sure from a physical perspective that there's no inflammation in terms of headaches. Her gut is healed, et cetera. Her hormones are balanced. But we also need to do the emotions because all physical symptoms have emotional roots and you need to tend to those as well. So make it a habit of doing that. Start doing that. Like, And of course, emotions are always come up and that's why it's a habit because we're emotional beings. We're never going to completely stop having emotions. So you need to make it a habit of learning how to work through and process those emotions. The next question is, should I avoid fats during my cycle? And I'm not quite sure like what this meant I hope I got this question right because it literally said should I avoid fats during your cycle and absolutely not you need to consume fats during your cycle because a fats are the building blocks of hormones but b fats also help you not have cravings and nourish your body and they're so so good for you so you should not avoid fats during your cycle you need to consume fats during your cycle the next question is thoughts on birth control okay so I Birth control, number like one, is always like a personal choice. Like it's always a personal choice for you and like whether you want to take oral contraception or not. What I believe is that not everyone gets like the information available to them as opposed to like what the pill actually does. They're kind of just like put on this like artificial hormone regimen, thinking that's their only option in terms of fixing their hormones or their period problems. Unfortunately, also with PCOS, a lot of people are told to go on the pill oh my God, no, that's going to make it so, so much worse. Um, 
And so the problem with the pill is that taking the pill to manage like hormonal imbalances like PMS, endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, they're never going to solve the problem. It's only masking the symptoms of the underlying hormonal imbalances. And so like you're never going to heal them. And then once you come off them, you're going to have to deal with those issues. You're just kind of prolonging it. Not to mention is that like you're having your body like synthetically make hormones or slash synthetically not make hormones. So it's also going to like have a whole bunch of other hosts of issues once you actually come off of it. There's also like a very long list of birth control side effects that I feel like are not talked about enough. Um, And what you really need to understand is that when you're manipulating those hormones through like birth control methods, like your endocrine system, which is like the part of your system that makes hormones, impacts like your vascular health, your brain function. And that's why, you know, you have things like nausea, vomiting, constipation, bloating, you know, breast swelling and tenderness, decreased libido, weight gain, mood swings, anxiety, nervousness, depression, like headaches, dizziness, fatigue, acne, fluid retention, hair loss, you know, eye problems, gallbladder disease, insulin resistance, which is why you should not be taking birth control for on PCOS. Like it's not going to solve the problem. You know, heart attack, stroke, those are some of like the larger, more serious ones, but definitely something to keep in mind. Breast tumors, liver tumors, blood clots, you know, jaundice, But all these things, like, you know, they sound quite scary, but they're not something to be taken lightly. Not to mention that, but birth control also really depletes your ability to to absorb a lot of vitamins, a lot of B vitamins, um, a lot of minerals. You're not able to absorb them and you're not getting as much. So you definitely need to supplement. So if you're on birth control, make sure you are supplementing to make sure you're not getting malnourished and all of those things. Because you could be eating a really good diet, but because of birth control, you're actually not absorbing all the nutrients that you need from your food. So I know I really want you to be empowered with this information so that like you can make the best choice. Um, but in terms of like me, like I will never recommend it for, for people in terms of like as a healthy way to balance your hormones. I will never recommend it like to balance your hormones, you should do this, you know, or to fix PCOS, you should do it. No. And it's also, you know, in terms of fertility, if you're on it for a long time or many years, you could experience fertility issues like down the line, along with things like low libido or depression and things like that. And it was actually quite interesting. And this is another interesting study when it comes to the pill is that the way they were studying women who were on the pill and then women who are off the pill. And the way you're drawn to your partner from the pheromones when you're on the pill is like, different than your attraction to people when off the pill. So they actually found that people weren't attracted to the pheromones of their partner when they came off the pill. Um, And that's because like it influences your hormones. So that's like quite interesting that like your pill also affects genetically like what kind of person you're attracted to, which is so crazy. So I mean like, so what you should do. So getting in touch with like your natural hormone balance is kind of key to unblocking like the different areas of your life. If you're on the pill as a band-aid therapy to mask symptoms like acne, heavy periods, irregular cycles, um, you need to know that there are more effective options um, and there are more options for you. Um, and you can reach out to me and we can kind of like work on hormone health if you'd like. Um, I might have a one-on-one spot available depending on when you are listening to this. Um, let me know. But in terms of birth control, those are my thoughts. The next question is, what is my sign, sun, moon, and rising? So I am a Sagittarius sun, a Taurus moon, and a Sagittarius rising. So I am a double Sag with a bit of Taurus, which is quite funny because I feel like the Taurus definitely balances out the fiery Sag in me because like 
Tauruses are much more grounded and much more calm and the Sag in me is quite fiery. Um, and I would definitely say like, I do have a lot of qualities of a Sag. I'm definitely very loyal, very feisty, kind of sassy at times, quite blunt. Um, I very much am to the point I'm straightforward, like no bullshit, no BS. I, I won't like sugarcoat it. Um, so I definitely like feel like I am a Sag rising and Sag sun. Um, and then a Taurus moon kind of like I can see, I do see the aspects of my Taurus moons like kind of come out, but yeah, those are, those are my signs. Uh, I'm not quite sure much about Taurus, to be honest. If you know anything about Taurus, um, let me know. But yeah, those are, those are my signs. The next question, and I got this question multiple times was, what is my relationship status slash am I in a relationship and what is all that? Um, guys, I am single like a, a, like a Pringle. I think that's what it's called. Like that's what they say. I don't know. Um, but yes, I am not in a relationship. I am single right now. Um, and yeah, that kind of answers. That was the most popular question, but I feel like there's not much more to say on that at the moment, but no, I am, I am single. Also, I think it comes from, sometimes I say we on Instagram. And when I say like, guys, we got our groceries. I mean, we as in like me and you, because you're the community, you're the fam. So sometimes I think maybe that can be <laughs> misleading, but no, um, I am single as of right now in October, 2020. Coconut oil. So what are my thoughts on coconut oil? Is it really as bad as they say? So first of all, there is no one single study that actually shows that coconut oil causes heart disease and like not one. <laughs> and second, the whole case against coconut oil is actually founded on the hypothesis that has been proven like blatantly wrong. So saturated fat raises LDL and LDL like cholesterol causes heart disease, but anything that raises LDL cholesterol is bad. But the only problem is that like there isn't actually data to support that. So that was like the whole claim that the American Heart Association was making. Um, and like, let just, I can do a whole episode on this, but like the AHA or the American Heart Association is fundle, funded by the people who make statins, who want you to have heart disease so that you can continue to buy their drugs. So let's just like put that as like a basic, just so you know. Um, and they also like they were the people who told you to eat low fat and low cholesterol diet and eat tons of starchy carbs. But you need to be careful also that like while they're also like funded by statins, they're also funded by cereal makers who make money on the fact that you're eating the fat free cereals that are high sugar, high carb. So not only does the data not support that, but you have to also remember who they are funded by. So they've actually done like so many different studies, They did studies and compared people who were on like a a diet of like, you know, saturated fats with coconut oil and, you know, like fats from like vegetable oil. And they actually had to literally stop the study because the people who were consuming the vegetable oil, the polysaturated fats, which were the fats that the quote unquote AHA were like reporting that you should eat, had to be stopped because they had so many more heart attacks and deaths that it was unethical for them to continue the study. So like, I always encourage you guys to a read the actual study that, you know, media articles are putting out. Look who funded the study. That's super important. Um, and you'll see things like that and you'll see kind of the transparency. You'll see when things kind of get cherry picked and the information gets misled. So 100% like coconut oil is so good for you. You need saturated fats. They're so good for your hormones, for your gut and everything like that. So and it absolutely does not cause heart disease, nor does it raise your bad cholesterol. Like, it's just completely false. So I encourage you to, you know, go out and do the studies and never, like, always err on the side of caution when, like, media articles put out studies and read the studies for yourself. 
The next question was, what are my, was it a gradual, sorry, what was a gradual change when I started eating or was it all of a sudden? Um, I feel like I've been eating this way for quite a while now and I feel like it wasn't cold turkey. I feel like it was a gradual change as I kind of learned and kind of incorporated more things. And so I would say it was a gradual change that I started eating. Like I've always ate healthy. I grew up in a healthy household. Um, my mom didn't like, like to buy sugary cereals, um, you know, or sugary things like you know, Dunkaroos or, you know, those like moon cakes and everything like that. Um, she would never like buy Lunchables. She would literally, you know, make her own Lunchables and like send me to school with my own like homemade Lunchables. Like everything was homemade. We didn't like, you know, buy Chinese food out. She would make Chinese food at home using like her own ingredients. So, I mean, I've always kind of like ate healthy. I definitely did not grow up in an unhealthy household, but in terms of like a gradual change with eating in terms of like calorie counting and low fat, I feel like it wasn't like all of a sudden. Um, I do know that like I deleted the app more all of a sudden, but then I kind of like started a little bit. And like, as I saw that, like, oh, you know, it's okay to eat more. Your body needs nourishment. Fats don't make you fat. It kind of just became like a habit. And now I kind of don't even notice. It's just kind of a way of life. The next question is, do you have any spiritual book recommendations? I sure do. So the top two, I would say, are the ones by Joe Dispenza, which is Becoming Supernatural and Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Those two are very good because if you're someone like me who kind of likes like the science of spirituality, this will give you the quantum physics to understand spirituality in terms of like if you want to understand it in a way that's like, you like if you think it's woo and you think it's not true read those two books because those will give you the quantum physics proof that it's it's not all woo woo it's not all out there it's actually like founded in like quantum physics um so i would do those two and then in terms of like other spiritual like law of attraction abundance types books i do really like ask it is given um kind of by esther and jerry hicks that will kind of give you in terms of like understanding the laws of the universe so that's a really good one um and those I think would be like the top spiritual ones to read there's a bunch on my list that I still want to read that I haven't read yet so I can't really recommend them um but I will get to those probably soon and then if I have any more um I'll probably post them on Instagram in terms of like ones that I would recommend so I hope you guys liked this little short Q&A. I thought we touched on like a lot of different things. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love for you to give it a five-star rating and review. It really helps to grow the podcast, helps, you know, other people to see it more. Um, and yeah, it helps it get discovered and helps me continue to bring you value each and every week. Even if you just leave a few words, um, a written review is always appreciated. Like obviously I love five stars, but if you can even leave a couple words um, in a review, that would be super helpful and all also, if you have any requests for certain episodes, um, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I can get those out there. Even if they're like shorter little ones on specific topics, I can do that. Uh, I definitely want to do one on like kind of thyroid and metabolism coming up and then kind of some more on like energy and like spiritual stuff as well. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you guys in the next episode.